Researchers from the University of Hawaii say they now have the data to prove that marine reserves are an essential part of the toolkit for protecting tuna stocks. The discovery came via a study looking at the benefits of marine reserves for tuna numbers, which found their reserves have a spillover effect. The study focused on the Papahanao Mokuakea Marine Reserve, a 5 million square kilometre protected area off of Hawaii, established in 2016. A comparison of current fish stocks with data collected 12 years prior to the establishment of the marine reserve showed an increase not only within the marine protected area, but in two adjacent areas as well. A professor at the University of Hawaii involved in the research, John Linham, told RNZ Pacific reporter Ian Kohout this method could be used as a tool in other Pacific countries. I think maybe the easiest way to kind of describe it is we basically set up like a vaccine trial in the ocean. And so I've been saying to people, and maybe this is a controversial thing to say, there's a lot of opinions about vaccines, but if you believe that the COVID-19 vaccines reduce the likelihood of getting seriously ill from COVID, then you kind of have to believe our results about the spillovers because we're just using the same method. Actually, I could argue that our method is stronger. And so, you know, when you test out a vaccine, you have a, a, a treatment group who get the real vaccine and then a control group who get, you know, a fake vaccine. They get salt water uh, uh, injected into them. And then you compare what happens to those two different groups over time. And if the group that got the real vaccine is hospitalized less, has less mortality from COVID, then you conclude that the vaccine has done something. And so we drew areas in the ocean that we're defining as our treated area and as our control area. And basically our treated area is a donut ring around the edges of the protected area. The idea being if there's gonna be spillover, it's most likely to spill over right outside the boundary of the protected area. And then we draw an outer donut ring outside of the inner one that's our control area or our far away uh, area. And we define those in a bunch of different ways, um, but every time we get basically the same results. And so what we do initially, and this is why I say this is better than a vaccine trial, is we study the abundance of fish in those two areas for 12 years prior to the establishment of the protected area. And sometimes there's slightly more fish in the outer donut, slightly more fish in the inner donut. But basically, over time, the abundance in the two areas is basically the same up until 2016, when the protected area was established. I see. Then in 2017, you start to see an increase in that inner donut. Then in 2018, the increase gets a lot bigger. By 2019, there's a large and statistically significant increase in the abundance of fish in that inner donut. And so that's the evidence that's leading us to conclude that there's a recovery inside of the protected area that's spilling over uh, to these near waters. Right. You're pretty sure this is not fish trying to migrate outside and trying to find new areas of feeding. This is definitely like a regroupment and spillover effect. Is that right? With the ocean, you can never be, you know, 100% uh, certain of something. So, you know, there's a very small chance that maybe in 2017, 
fish decided to just migrate to the sliver of the Pacific Ocean. Mm. And then they decided to do it again in 2018 in stronger mm. numbers. And then again in 2019, even more, you know. So I think in our paper, you know, the way we do things, we acknowledge that there's maybe somewhere between a one in a thousand and a one in a million chance that maybe that just happened randomly. But what makes us really confident is we've never, ever seen that happen before. We actually go back to the 1990s, and you just don't see year after year after year an increase in fish abundance in this particular area of the Pacific Ocean. It's never happened before, and it started happening now just in 2017 after one year of, 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 of the closure. So, yeah, look, I can't rule out a small chance that something else could be going on, but we are 99.99% confident that this is a this is a real spillover effect. So, and so, what what is the the conclusion of all this? I think the conclusion here is this is a tool that can be used to protect tuna, and so alongside effective fisheries management outside of these protected areas, I think now we're showing that this can be part of the toolkit for sustainable tuna fisheries. And, you know, a couple of protected areas have been put in in other places in the Pacific Ocean, and some of them have now been reopened. I don't know if you've been following the stuff in Kiribati with the Phoenix Islands protected area. Looks like maybe Palau is going to change the boundaries of their national marine sanctuary. But throughout the Pacific, countries have been establishing these large protected areas on the assumption that these spillovers were going to happen. And we're now confirming in uh, Hawaii, at least, that it is happening. So it does support the creation of these areas. But, you know, you've got to really take into account a lot of different factors when you're, you're thinking about creating new marine protected areas, the biology of the fish, the migration patterns, and, and then, you know, the human lives that could be impacted uh, by closing areas to, to fishing. But this certainly confirms some of the arguments in favor of creating these areas and it also demonstrates the value of trying to collect detailed data before these protected areas go in and after they go they after they go in so you can try to measure whether spillovers are happening and and i, I you know i think it's a little unfortunate that the phoenix islands protected area has gotten reopened without any detailed studies on whether it was a starting spillover for skipjack tuna